Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U-D-Pod. Follow the entire MTR Network at, you guessed it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. For free 99 before we kick off this week's special delayed Tuesday flagship episode. I want to make sure everyone who knows who is premium goes to check their premium feed. There's a new insanity check out. I apologize for everything that's happened around today. It wasn't my idea. Blame Chris. Uh, that being said, we're back for UD pod. We didn't record on Sunday because my wife is going to have a baby and it's our last, I guess her first mother's day. So we split the day together. Didn't want to subject her to me talking about sports all day. So decided to record this now. It actually works out perfectly. Western conference finals are going to start tonight to the magic of podcasting. You're hearing this on Tuesday. Recording Monday night, Tuesday night kicks off the Western Conference Finals. He's us into the Final Four of the NBA, and who better to discuss this with than my one of my oldest friends, one of the best guests we have on this podcast, the homie Mike. What's up, Mike? Oh, thanks for having me back again. Best time of the year, playoffs. It's it's the greatest time of year. We've got fewer games now, so we can probably presumably go to bed sooner, which I think is nice for us as we're men of a certain age. Later this week, you and I are headed to Gulf Shores, Alabama to watch to, for Hangout Fest. We went as youths. We're going as old people. Um, I got to be honest, man. We're getting closer. I'm getting a little bit more nervous. Uh, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. You know, uh, I know you'll be fine. Might not be as deep in the crowd as we used to be. Uh, well, we did spring for not crowd tickets this year. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We're old enough to pay for VIP at festivals. That's right, kids. Um, so Susan's having a kid. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Uh, did you know that once that happens, you stop getting things delivered to your house that are for you? I'm surprised that you have got stopped getting things delivered to your house that are for you. It's well, okay, fair enough. The volume of boxes that have arrived at my home in the last call it four months, staggering. Yeah, they're addressed yeah. to Baby Palmer. They're addressed <laughs> to Susan Palmer. They're addressed to occasionally some nicknames for Susan that I don't know about. Nothing, nothing. I get. I don't even get bills. The bills are in her name because she's the kid. She's having the kid. It's wild. I'm just, I'm literally uh, an unpaid in-house UPS guy. Well, maybe now the odd package you actually get is even more of a treat and surprise. You'd, you'd think that, wouldn't you? You'd be completely <laughs> wrong. You'd silver lining, silver lining. Completely lining. wrong. We're looking for silver linings. Um, there will be a Wednesday something. It may come out on Thursday. We're going to see what happens this week. Because Susan and I want to talk to, about the challenge. Last time she was on, we talked about Star Wars. She was viscerally angry with me that we did not talk about the challenge. Look, uh, two things. Uh, always here for more Between Two Palms. Also, make those episodes longer, you cowards. Wow. I Just for the record, coward is my favorite insult. Um, <laughs> because there's no retort. <laughs> Having it used against me, not great. Not going to lie to you. This has been unfun beginning of a podcast but we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff we've just finished up a crazy weekend in sports we're going to focus on the basketball the back half of this podcast i do want to start in the front half because i heard a story this weekend mike that makes me think to redefine what i think of as hell bo jackson one of the seminal athletes of our childhoods is undergoing a surgical procedure to alleviate 10 straight months of hiccups wait what <laughs> <laughs> what? How have I not heard that's about that? That's the reaction you want to get, guys. <laughs> that's, that's why I don't send that run downs. That noise right there. So many questions. So I'm going so to, many. this is from Med, I'm just going straight to Med page today. This is an article posted eight hours ago. The headline is, Will Surgery Rectify Bill Bo Jackson's Chronic Hiccups? After nearly a year of having hiccups, the athlete is seeking treatments. Uh, Bo Jackson said last week, I'm busy at the hospital having lights shine down my throat and prob probing me any way they can to find out why I have these hiccups. I have done everything, scare me, drink water upside down, smell the ass of porcupine. It doesn't work. Chronic uh, hiccups wait, are rare, wait, wait, but unfortunately wait. for Bo Jackson, they are largely a medical mystery. Mike. If all right, all right. A few thoughts. One, Bo Jackson doesn't scare, so that was a lie. 
to a year you waited a year come on Mike, that's Mike, Mike. like one week and this is a, i'm this calling is a pro mental health podcast. out of prison a, to figure this out this is a pro mental health podcast this is a go to your doctor podcast if i had to go for 10 months it wouldn't be 10 months i would find a way out one way or the other how bo jackson there you go i'll say it fine how bo jackson hasn't killed himself is the most impressive thing about this story also wasn't this an episode of like gray's anatomy or something i mean i feel like I've i know there's this. there's a simpsons episode where he says kill me between you check up <laughs> but i don't know i don't know gray's gray's was the uh was the uh guilty pleasure of my college girlfriend so i the first few seasons of gray's i'm very well versed on the first of like 35 <laughs> i did know it was still on television i was alerted to this fact maybe the writer's strike will kill it i don't know the writer's strike is bad and wrong and it's no good but if it kills that and or gotham knights well we had to do it's to wrong do. in that they're not getting what they deserve yes yes but it also might kill these shows that are flipped far too long supernatural was going to come back to be killed again hopefully by this writer's strike um <laughs> Second story before we get to the playoffs, Bob Huggins. Look, for those of you who don't know, Huggy Bear went on the radio last week and unleashed two, unleashed just like a, a tirade of anti-gay slurs. And in response, West Virginia said they were taking it very seriously. And by very seriously, they meant that they're going to bench him for three games and fine him a million dollars. There is a Big Ten um, uh, uh, I guess a locked on Big Ten podcaster who aired the audio uninterrupted to discuss how deplorable it was and to call for Bob Huggins' job. That gentleman was fired for, and I shit you not, sharing hate speech. Mike. Um, we're two black men in America. We've seen the misappropriation and misallocution of zero tolerance policies before in lots of different venues. This is ridiculous. Uh, you mean comedic? Because that's all I really got. I mean, I didn't even listen to what he said. Oh, it's, I it's, just... Dude, it's not only is it horrible, like you listen to it and you're like, what? And then all the radio guys are doing the, the, the radio guy thing where they giggle with, oh, good one. Bob Huggins, the best. And you're like, wait, what the? Is there wait, no. Wait, wait, he said this on like live air? So, like, that's the thing. So, and I think that's the thing that used to really let these radio guys fly, including like a Howard Stern, is that no one was recording what you were doing back then. Like there was just so much radio, like Levitard showed that it would survive on ESPN because there, there's no way to listen to it all. And with now, with the, the advent of podcasts and trying to, re, trying to squeeze more dollars out of their on-air product, which by the way, is another problem that they probably need a union. Um, they're repurposing a lot of this stuff, so they're recording it more. So yes, it was live on the air. It was questions about um, bringing in uh, a transfer portal players to West Virginia. And they asked him jokingly if he'd brought in any Xavier players. Backstory, Xavier is a rival of the place he used to coach in Cincinnati. And he said, yeah. no, those Catholic F words, don't do that. I feel like and that was said, just like a- Like it got worse involuntary reaction i'm not defending them I'm to giggle, saying, like, it must have just flown out of his mouth <laughs> he, he first of all huggy bear thinks that shit like, yes let's yes. make something very clear this was not a contrivance this is not a bit huggy bear believes that shit and it's wild to me i guess like in west virginia is a weird case, test case because he's a legend there and they don't want to fire him but i think that's what it comes down to a lot is do you want to really deal with this issue because if you are a parent and this guy's in your living room and your son's not gay but he's black how do you feel my policy has always been if they'll tell me an ex joke they're telling nigger jokes that i'm not there i mean yeah that's my policy i mean Full that's stop. the way it is <laughs> I mean, because, and for people who are like, oh, well, you know, the whataboutism, the, the false equivocation, it's all just so gross, but it's also such a sign of the times 
that we're even having this discussion because he shouldn't have a job today. It should be cut and dry. Power because what would he have to do to get fired? And that's the ter- that therein lies the terrifying question. Wait, what? Why would you fire Huggy Bear? Is he coaching perpetuity? Like, what's happened here? And it's interesting because the college basketball landscape has changed in the last four to five years to where these old heads are getting out. Bayheim's done. Coach K hung him up. Roy, out. He was one of the last vestiges of this, like, era when the personality of the coach really defined these schools. And now we're in a situation where they will not mention on air next year. And they'll pretend this never happened. And for us to claim that we've moved forward as a site or whatever, it, it's not true because look, power decides. And old buddy losing his job that he's had for, I think it was seven years, working on locked on Big 12. I don't weep. You're right. There's no, it's, it's, it's largely comedic. It's funny, but it also sucks. It does a lot. Hey, like when you and I were growing up, they, go ahead. So like they were covering when maybe they didn't need to cover. I don't know. Was there like a backlash or something? It's, or they're getting they ahead of it. I think they were just deciding, you know what? Let's just do this quickly and hope no one notices and keep it moving. And guess yeah. what? It worked. Um, when we were kids, sports gambling was the worst thing you could do. It was Pete Rose is the devil. Now, they've turned manhood into how much money did you put on your team? Clever. You and I saw it coming when the money dried up during COVID. They're like, how else do we diversify these money? I know. Let's teach them to gamble. Let's make it more accessible. Let's do it from a cell phone, and let's target it to children. And now, Mike, these children have come of age. I don't know if you saw, but the, the Detroit Lions had to yearly suspend four players for gambling in the NFL games. And I ask you, man, if, if we're going to say, hey, part of our revenue for the league is going to come from this thing, we're going to actively advertise it to you as you grow up in the sport and then punish you for engaging in it. Doesn't that seem like, I feel like hypocritical doesn't cover it enough. I mean, I think they've abandoned hypocrisy at this point, so. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I've got two specific examples. So in Iowa and Iowa State, there is a large investigation about sports gambling online for the athletes at these schools. Now, does this mean that kids are fixing games? No. Does this mean that kids are changing the outcome of sports? Of course not. It's Iowa. There is a, I believe, the 21-year-old age limit on gambling on, on sports, which could mean that they're just investigating kids gambling underage. But the NCAA has a rule that says you cannot gamble on any sport that the NCAA awards a championship in at any level. Which means for these regulators and people like that, the eyes have to go to, like, pickleball. And I'm sure there's someone listening right now. It's like, I've got the, the sharps on pickleball leagues like that. Sir, seek help. There's something wrong with you. But I think it's, it's weird because we told these kids it's okay. We told these kids how they make money. And now we're saying 111 individuals at the University of Iowa have been flagged, including 26 athletes in baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, wrestling, and one full-time employee in the University of Iowa Athletic Department. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like you know my favorite story about the gambling though what alabama baseball alabama baseball fired their head coach i believe it was five days ago oh may 1st do you know why oh wait did he throw a game or something so he took a phone call in the dugout from someone at a sports book and then made a late inning pitching change. I don't even, 
I'm possibly more offended by the amateur hour of it all than than the actual <laughs> messing it's just the with dumbest children. Criminals, man. Like they're kids. They're they're half of them are teenagers. Like <sighs> what's even better is the sports books try to look like the good guys here. Gaming commissions in New Jersey, Philadelphia, Indiana, Kansas, and New Hampshire have joined Ohio in canceling all possible wagers on Alabama baseball. In Connecticut, three licensed betting operators, FanDuel, DraftKings, and Sugarhouse, have removed the bet to, the option to bet on Crimson Tide baseball. Do they think the problem is Crimson Tide baseball? Clearly, clearly. It's just this hot ticket that everyone's making money on. No. Only if you're in the know. The problem is the gambling, kids. And all the things that you thought were wrong with gambling before they made it okay, they're still wrong with gambling. There's no integrity. There's no oversight. And guess what? When you've got a labor force that's largely unpaid with nothing to lose, gamble smarter, kids. The apps are not your friend. <laughs> Find you a bookie. You all live in college towns. There's a bookie. Find him. He doesn't write anything down. That's not in code. Go find you a bookie. Free game. Mike, our favorite time of year is actually here. We talked about the playoffs. We talked about Hangout Fest, but no. Every year, it's the Chargers releasing their schedule release video. Uh, it's so good. Ugh. And every year I do this podcast, I'm like, I'm going to come in here and rail against what the NFL has done. They've turned the goddamn spreadsheet into an event. They've got television shows for schedule drops. This is ridiculous. And then I watched the Chargers video, and I was like, well, it's all worth it. Look, I'm all way more on board with this than them turning the draft into like a one-week extravaganza on multiple channels. Draft-a-palooza. Like, give me... An anime music video with a billion references, only with I, half of which I probably actually caught. Uh, and I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. They should be the San Diego Easter eggs. Like, and as much fun as we're having with the schedule, as much fun as I like to make with the Chargers and how they've, they're a fantastic social media team, I want to remind you guys that that quarterback, Justin Herbert, who everyone tells you is good, has won the exact same number of playoff games as Mike and I. So we're and they didn't pay us anything. The dog agrees. I don't know if that's picking up the mic <laughs> or not. Well, Mike, let's do it. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. We went down from the final eight or an elite eight to the final four. Let's talk first about the teams that have gone fishing in embarrassing fashion for the third year in a row. The Suns bowed out of the playoffs, not with a bang, but with a whimper. For the record, now, do a preamble had me on my toes because I wasn't exactly sure who you were talking about up until you said the team name. <laughs> oh, trust me. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, um, themes that carry through with these, these first four squads. That got Multiple years out. in a row, embarrassing fashion. Yeah, could have been a couple people. Uh, we'll talk about the Sixers last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Suns, they were up three, for those who don't remember, they were up 2-0 against the Bucks in the finals. Meltdown. They make it to game seven versus the Mavericks in the semis last year and lose by a billion points to Luka. This year, an embarrassing, and in their defense, inevitable, crushing at the hand of the Nuggets. Because let's make the one thing very clear. What the Suns did when they traded for Kevin Durant is they created the Nets West. Remember the Nets? Remember, oh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that's all they really need. <laughs> The Suns. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. It's all they really need. Sound familiar? The results seem about the same, too. CP3 gets hurt every, again? Again, 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 again. <laughs> Insert the requisite number of again that apply here. That's a good point. But, Mike, you know more about basketball than I do. I get why they parted ways with Money Williams. Meltdowns are kind of inexcusable. Different squads. Also, new owner who acts like a lot of Mark Cuban-ish. You've got James Jones, who's allegedly the GM, possibly becoming his secretary. And you've got an owner who's going to want to come in and say, I want my guy at the forefront. You include that with the fact that for however many years now, Monty and DeAndre Ayton just can't see eye to eye. 
and everyone says, oh, Aiden needs to grow. And guess what? The coach's job is to reach the player. That's his, that's literally the job. So do you think firing Monty Williams is the best way for this team to not do this shit again? No, but, I mean, that's just the move at this point. You know, mm. you have a requisite number of disappointing postseasons and the coach is out. Unless, like, I mean, it's more the rule than the exception. Like, sometimes they keep them around for a while, but, like, I mean, we've lost a lot of coaches this this season, right? Mm-hmm. Who've had, like, pretty good runs in the not-too-distant past. Well, we'll talk about the goodness of those runs, but yes. Well, I mean, like... Uh, You're talking about Coach Bud? Well, Bud, uh, Nurse, I mean, I guess that was a little while ago, but... Um, I'm just, like, the Bud thing, they were going to fire him in that playoffs if they'd have lost to the damn Nets. Yeah, of course. Um, so the Bud thing didn't shock me. The Williams thing, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I guess part of me is like, you never want to see a black man lose his job. But also, right, it's I like, like Monty, but... I like Monty too. Like he's got the great. It's a heartwarming story. The reuniting with Chris Paul. We know Kevin Durant. He get along, but I don't think that. I think his inability to to get more out of Aiton falls on on large on Aiton. I'm not taking the blame away from him, but. You, if you know his problem is not getting touches early, then guess what? Feed his ass early. Adjust your game plan. And it felt like, especially after the trade, they wanted to go with, we're going to score as many points as possible. And that requires it being the book and KD show. I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was tenable. Um, it's the currently the year in our award 2023. What do you think they can get for CP3? Um... I don't know. I don't know what his what his contract is. I don't know how much they're paying him. Um, you know, you know how how physically um, reliable he is. Yeah, but like, was he the missing piece? I mean, was he? He was on the 30, bench. He's thirty eight. Yeah, I know, but he was on the bench most of the series. I don't think he's why why they lost it. But it's. I mean, the thing is, they're not winning because right now he um, signed <laughs> Mike. Um, He's got one more year of $30 million salary. Look, get what you can for him, but, like, look, you got to get production out of Aiton. Aiton against Denver. I think Aiton's gone. Was, like, 14, 14, 4, 8, 14 points. Never got 10 rebounds. Like, that's unacceptable. Uh, Everyone was super bullish on Booker, who was having the amazing playoffs. He's fine. KD's going to be fine. Get a serviceable point guard. I don't know. So so and this then, is the thing. Do we know KD is fine? Can we look at the post-injury KD playoff experience? He tends to flame out. Part of it is because uh, he's on teams that have sacrificed depth to acquire him, and it requires him to play more minutes. Like, he and Book, those minutes, those per-game minutes numbers were untenable. I don't care how far they went. Define flame out. Like, what, what were you talking? I'm talking about... We're watching his body break down late in these playoff series. He can't be – he when he's on the court for 42 minutes per game versus the Nuggets, it's untenable. He, no one can keep that up, particularly a man coming off of a spotty injury history who we who the reliability of his joints – like, I don't I don't see it. I don't think that – I think we may have seen the best of Kevin Durant. We're now seeing the taillights, and I don't know if that's going to be a guy who you can ride in the playoffs and say, oh, we've got KD and Booker, the rest will be – Replacement pieces. We saw that they tried that in in Philly, where we've been lying to ourselves about how good Tobias Harris is for three years. Not not an equivalent. Uh, yeah, we've seen the best of KD because KD's of a certain age. Like, yeah, his his peak is gone, but that doesn't mean he's still not good. I mean, yeah, the thirty six and the thirty nine point game uh, in the series against Denver, his low was like twenty three. That's fine. It depends on how much you need from him. You're not gonna the twenty three uh, they got blown out though. You need more. True, but maybe everybody should take a page and do a little load management that everyone hates. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think it, that's really funny. I think it's a result of bad roster building. I well, think yeah, this I roster mean, isn't agreed. built to win because of what they had to give up to get KD. And now you're going to live up in that same – you know who else tried it? Denver. They tried to make the Nets East – Nets West, excuse me, and they missed the playoffs on purpose. Not Denver, excuse me, Dallas. I, 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 yeah, I, was I, like, went for, for, I went for Dewey White Boy. I reached for the wrong one. 
Well, look, I don't even. I, that was funny. Luca needs help. Did they get him the right help? I, I don't know, but I mean, Luca how is that was, not the same conversation in in Phoenix? Booker needs help. Did they get him the right help? I don't know. Yeah, but it was like a little bit more than that. Like Aiton okay. can be good. Get him there. And so between so between you, me, and the listeners, I think Aiton's done in Phoenix. And I think so. Matt Ishba, the owner, the new owner of the Suns, is a Michigan State grad. He played at Michigan State. So you know who his five's going to be next year? Who? Draymond Green, baby. Wait, first of all, Draymond's not five. Uh, Tell him. <laughs> Let's talk you. about Draymond's current team. The team. This hasn't happened yet. Let's talk about his current team, the Warriors. Let's just say what you've been itching to say for 80, 80 years, and it still might not be true, but just, just get out of your system. Get out of your system. The note, the, I've, I have notes to all these teams on my on my little document here. I'll send it to you later. The note just says, reclosing the window. All caps, I assume. Slamming it shut. Boarding up any entry points. It's over. Over. Okay. Listeners, if you're so inclined, go back previous two two years. Three years. Okay. So all right. So let's do this. Post Kevin Durant. They miss the playoffs once. They they lose in the play in the second time. Then they win a fucking title, which was probably an outlier. And now this. Look. Those are those are mathematical. Those are factual statements. Game six, Clay gave you nine points. Yeah, Clay. Jordan Poole had more fouls than field goals. I don't I don't know what's going on with Poole. He has like these flashes of brilliance and then punched in the chest by Draymond Green. I mean, he's always been inconsistent before that. Also, I think that's like a little overblown. Like they need a narrative for the Warriors. They're going to go when he when, there's a playoff. There's a moment in the playoffs where Poole got him off the floor and Draymond tried to say something to him and he snapped at Draymond and then you see Steph come over and cuss his ass out and then dap up Draymond. I, look, I'm not telling this happened. All, all I will say is as long as Stephen Curry is doing Stephen Curry things like there's there's a little wedge in the door leaving the slightest possibility that things can happen. hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's impossible. Right. I'm saying that that guaranteed, like, pencil the Warriors in for the finals thing, that's very much over. Except Curry's yeah, 30. But scary, uh, oh, we got a 20-point lead. That's probably not enough because they could go on a run and just overtake that's, us. That's the NBA that's, that's now against cool. everyone. That happened against no. the Kings. <laughs> no, no. Everybody, watch, no one's comfortable with twenty anymore. Except no, unless you're playing you, the Sixers, you know Joel and beat will stop playing. What when you watch a Warriors game? How much do you need to be up against them with how little time before you're like this game is over? Because it's different. I've never turned off other Warriors teams. Game really. I've never turned off Warriors game really. <laughs> okay but okay. but part of that's reputational like part of that is building up the fact that we've got well, let's look let's look at the warriors titles and i'm not and again i'm not a hater i think the warriors are you're a little bit of a hater <laughs> i'm a little, tiny hate uh, warriors are the most transform steph curry is the most transformative basketball player in my lifetime full stop he changed the nba and he changed basketball in a way i didn't think was possible i personally find it aesthetically displeasing mind-boggling still first ring they beat up on a beaten down Cavs team without Kyrie or Kevin Love Kyrie broke his knee that year um he beat they beat up on LeBron James and Della Vadova and Andre Iguodala wins the finals MVP for holding LeBron James to a triple double okay what what's what's your point I'm I'm asking questions second title (laughs) Kevin Durant title fine Third title, Kevin Durant title, fine. Fourth title, the Steph Curry arrival of like alpha dog, I'm going to cut your throat in public, which to this day, I don't have any explanation for last year. I have nothing. I'll tell you this, though. He had the best game seven performance for like two weeks. Still Tatum, Tatum lit up the Sixers this weekend. Yeah, yeah. About time. <laughs> I'm just saying with, with Clay Thompson 
the the motion, the ability to move has been diminished post injury. The defense is diminished post injury, and the getting open off of all those back screens they use has greatly nine points in game six. But all those things you just said were not why he was horrible last game. He was getting looks. He wasn't making anything. It had nothing to do with his decreased mobility or getting open. He no. was getting open. So so his ability to shoot that comes from his legs has nothing to do with the leg injuries. Okay, cool. Let's move on. I'm glad to hear that. The New York Knicks, the most embarrassing franchise of our lives. <laughs> Did you know that was their first playoff series second round since the year 2000? Oh, I was keenly aware. I had no idea to where that sat there. It's the only thing I wrote down. I'm like, oh, no. I, you would have thought that they'd been making a run to these finals. No. These, yeah, the that's bar a had bad... been adjusted, so getting <laughs> to the playoffs was like a championship. You Do know? you remember when they so beat the second round was just. They we, they won one game in a first round a couple of years, in 2012, and they dropped uh, balloons and confetti. See? Look, it's all relative, man deeply unserious franchise um jalen brunson though might be that dude yeah i dallas what were you doing i mean what, what were you doing you had him. Really to... they had him you had him you had him what are you doing <laughs> um rj barrett they want they want to get rid of julius randall they want to get rj barrett because they became the players that the rest of us saw what they actually were i think I don't know. I don't know how to fix the Knicks. I I'm not even gonna pretend to sit on here and fix the Knicks. It's been 20 years. No one can. I don't Remember know how running... to fix the Knicks. A quote you can attribute to everybody because Phil Jackson. Well, he counts his money. I don't know how to do this, but they paid me yeah. for it, so I'll pretend. And let's talk now about the most interesting team that's currently fishing. Say it. Oh, oh, fishing. All right. The Sixers. Because yeah. is it is it fair to blame James Harden? You're goddamn sure. right it is. Is it fair to blame Glenn, who I refuse to call him that other name ever again? It is. No one has blown he's blown seven three two leads in the playoffs. No mm. one's he's lost ten game sevens. Anything is possible. You can blame Glenn. He's riding that yo. He rode that one title in in Boston <laughs> until this very day. It's insane to me. But honestly, there's there's one other person to blame. It's your MVP. The largest drop off from an MVP scoring average from end season to the playoffs ever. It felt like Jokic stole his MVP back without doing a thing, but just beating everyone to death. And we'll talk about Jokic later because. That's my pick for the for the winner of the, the whole thing. Mike, why is Tobias Harris outscoring the MVP in a closeout game? I mean, the easy answer is, isn't he injured? <laughs> Cop out. Yeah, but that that because <laughs> he seemed pretty good in Game Five. He seemed pretty good in Game Six until he stopped looking good. <laughs> A heroic effort until overcome by injury. <laughs> but isn't it the same story we always hear about him, though? Like, this motherfucker been there all this time. He's never gotten past the second round. Trey Young's been to a conference finals. Yeah, well. Trey Young went through him to get to a conference finals. Indeed. Indeed he did. He went through Glenn. So at what point do... Do we try a new process? Like, when do we... Uh, oh, oh, all you hinky nerds. All you hinky nerds. Ooh, buddy, I wish you could slap the pocket protectors at your chests. Well, technically, if you lose a bunch, it's good for you. No. You bring a pattern and an atmosphere of being a loser. And guess Is what? Is it when failure are, or a step towards success? You're not Giannis. <laughs> Giannis is a champion. Joel Embiid, <laughs> Joel Embiid is some dude who can't get out the second round. <laughs> Dog, when when Jason Tatum went on went on fire at the end of Game Six, and fucking uh, 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 Joel and James Harden walk up the court like it's just over, I'm like, what is happening? And I'm not the asshole who's going to question anyone's mental toughness. I will question the fact that like some people just don't have it. They're not they're not built that way. 
and they ran off a guy who was. They chose to bias Harris over Jimmy Butler. Look, I appreciate competitiveness like so much. And someone's lined me up in the first half like that, and I'm the MVP. At the very least, I'm getting to the line repeatedly. Just went, give it to me when, in the post. When he was covered by Jason Tatum, or excuse me, when he was covering Jason Tatum on Sunday, Tatum went for eight for 10 from the floor for 24 points and three threes. Why is he guarding him? Because of switches. Terrible decisions. I mean, that's that's coaching. If you're allowing him to get switched on him repeatedly so they can exploit that perimeter mismatch, that goes back to Glennard. Glennard. I like that. It's better. Glennard. <laughs> I'm not only taking away his nickname, I'm adding to his actual name. What say you, Glennard? Ridiculous. The process. Process this. Before we get to the final four, we have to stop. Take a breath. We have to discuss the dumbest man alive. Listener, if you're not aware of what John Morant's done in the last 24 hours, I invite you to hop on the Googles. Because as you recall, the last time we checked on John Morant, he was losing the Lakers. But before that, he was getting suspended for eight games for like a litany of like just little kid antics. And now he is featured on an Instagram Live brandishing a much larger gun. I'll give him this. The gun was bigger. And saying, essentially, just dancing. They were driving through, I guess, Georgia or somewhere in Atlanta, like driving back to Memphis. And now we've got the bigot brigade being like, don't infringe on the Second Amendment white rights, which I'm just like, guys. <laughs> this... I mean, I'm a little shocked, to be honest. I'm not. <laughs> Because as much as they hate black people, they love guns. So much. And this, they probably see this as a recruitment point. And it'll, God damn it, it'll probably work. Some Ankh writes listening like, you know what? Will Kane's got points. But they don't want us to be armed. Like, historically, we know. No, no, no. they got to give it to him so they can take us away. Like, oh, trust me, there's okay, a plan. Okay, it doesn't end with John Morant having guns. I'll tell you that much. That would make Will Kane, Will Kane happy. But Mike, let's say I gave you $200 million. <laughs> let's say you're essentially Papa Doc from 8 Mile. Claire's parents have a real good marriage. You went to private school. That's job. Why would you want to play gangster in a city full of actual gangsters? Unless you're the dumbest man alive. I mean, the Papa Doc uh, parallels are just a little too much for me right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> was, that, was that too far? <laughs> uh, well, if I had $200 million, uh, I would not be on IG Live. If I had $200 million, none of you would ever see me again. I don't even know why he's driving that much. You're road tripping from Memphis to Atlanta. <laughs> Hop on the private And here's how I know he's the dumbest person alive because the the homie who's filming is the same dude who was banned from FedEx for the back half of the season for that shit with Indianapolis. Wait, was that the uh, the laser sights? Yes. Well, it was inconclusive, and the Grizzly banned him from the home arena. Like, well, it's pretty conclusive to me. What if John Morant's the negative influence on his friends? Look, if I this had dude was doing the video, and he saw. Dude's in the video, he saw the gun and turned it away. Like, you know what John Moran is? John Moran's a little kid. Like, watch what I can do. Can't do and that I, without much money. You, you can't. You can't be the look at me kid. But too, and I understand that you and I are old and that these kids grew up in an attention economy where essentially getting these likes is more important than anything else in the world. You I've know how much Jason attention Dancing. he has? 82 I've seen games Jason Tatum's TikToks as a child. Sure. <laughs> you know how you get attention, Ja? Don't let your greater commercial get pulled. You know how you keep attention, Ja? Maybe don't let Nike reconsider their deal on the morals clause. 
And now you've got team owners who are talking about and team executives who are openly leaking to the media. We're talking half a season suspension because he's affecting the fiduciary solvency of the league. He is a face of the league. They sell road tickets based on John Morant coming to town. And now if you're doing an image hit and the, and, the, and the question from other execs is, hey, how do we sell ourselves as this league when this is one of our faces? He's done the one thing you cannot do in this country. John Brown's birthday was May 9th. John Brown, for those who don't know, first of all, fucking weird. Also, not that weird. It's America. John Brown was uh, – <laughs> sorry, was that too far? No, no. Totally accurate. <laughs> okay. Well, for those who don't know who that is, he is the man who started the, the rebellion in Virginia and was arrested for treason. He's the first man in American history to be executed for treason. There were other treason convictions prior. They're all abdicated or waived in later life. They killed that man. Not just because he was advocating for black lives, because remember, this is an agricultural time. He was fucking with the money. And Ja. Those dunks are great. The excitement is fantastic. But you're fucking with the money. Al Capone didn't go to jail for killing nobody. He fucked with the money. And so when they suspend Ja, and they have, the, the Memphis Grizzlies have allegedly suspended him from team activities, which I assume is the draft day brunch. But this is a lot more serious than I think he wants it to be or Will Kane knows it is. Because there's a lot of money on the line and it's not just his. And I, I would say maybe this is the wake up call to get him there, but no. That's and what Mike, we said about the last time. That dog, that's where I'm at. And I have to ask you something, just kind of, just a rhetorical question. If hypothetically you lived in a town that was full of real gangsters, would playing gangster be a good idea? I don't think so. Nope. I don't think so. Because when you show people you have guns, all they're saying and that you might have something that they want, that just means they'll need more guns to take it from you. Yes, <laughs> clearly. You're starting an arm race in your part-time against people who are full-timers. And you're not willing to go to the lengths they are willing to go to. Clarence's parents had a real good marriage. <laughs> Let's talk about the Final Four now. In celebration of the bubble, Mike, you and I said that the bubble was the cleanest, most wonderful, most beautiful basketball we'd ever seen. And people said, no, you're wrong. It's trash because there are no fans. I stand here once again fucking right and remind all of you, fans don't matter. You don't matter. No one cares what you think. That being said, holy shit, what a Final Four. The same four teams from the bubble have made their way to the Final four, four years later, three years later, excuse me. And I'll tell you what, Mike, that bubble season, I think we're actually seeing the results of the wear and tear put on some of those bodies. Because mm. remember, it ended late and this, the next season started early. Yeah. Jamal Murray's been unhealthy since that bubble run. Yeah. <clears throat> But let's talk about the teams that are made to the Final Four. We'll talk, start in the East. We'll start with the eighth seed, which is still insane to me, the Miami Heat. And mm -hmm. I want to remind everyone, before we talk about this series, the Heat are who you think the Celtics are. And I, by I say you, I mean people who are our age. Because in our heads, <laughs> we talk about marquee franchises in the East, uh, specifically, you think of Celtics, you think of Sixers, you think of historical teams. The, Heat have, the Celtics, excuse me, have one ring since 2000. The Heat have three. The Celtics have gone through lots of rebuilding. Spo's hand on that wheel. Pat Riley's hand on Spo. The Knicks haven't been good since Riley left. And now the question becomes, how healthy is Jimmy Butler really? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's he's not that's in Orlando funny. selling big face coffee. But I think, Mike, when you look at his health against the Knicks, I think that that was a perfect storm because he was playing against an old coach. The same way um, Mike Brown had the Warriors in hell because he knew that team inside and out. Tibbs knew Jimmy. 
And my questions about the current Boston coaching situation aside, I don't think he's good. Um, this is a Heat team that is focused, that is battle-tested, that is a core that's been together, and that does not flinch. Do you think they have a chance against what is a sometimes unfocused, but when locked in, possibly overwhelming Celtic squad? Yes. Yes, I do. Right on. I mean, if you can say where there's a will, there's a way about anybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, Jimmy Butler. Like, I mean, I don't know know how many times he has to prove it. It, It's ridiculous. Um, Yeah, I think they have a shot because, you know, Boston is just very... I don't know. They're inconsistent to me. It's 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 an immaturity that shouldn't still exist. Yeah, after like, last year. After, after the bubble. Like, they fell apart in the bubble against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals because they were immature and unfocused. So they get through it. It happens again. Then it happens again last year in the finals, and you're like, well, maybe it was the coach. maybe, But this new guy, Joe Mazzullo, hits the same problems. So the problem now is, are it the players? And... Like, they shouldn't have gone six against the Hawks. Like, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Jason Tatum was five quarters away from being called all the things that you'd think Jason Tatum would be called in Boston. Yeah. Turn it on in game six in that fourth and then 50, hung 51 on Mother's Day. So he's cool for now. Yeah, but, but early exit again. Dog, like, or, or how about this underwhelming performance? Because you know they're going to stick. They're going to rotate Jim and Bam on him. Like he's not going to get a single, uh, a consistent look ever. Yeah. And I think that that's where it's going to become the war of attrition on the rest of the wings. And then, kind of a theme that we talked about during the bubble that's going to continue to reflect here is your size inside is every team that's left has a dominant inside presence. They do it different ways. But with the last two games, watching Time Lord become kind of like last year's Time Lord, him versus Bam's going to be fascinating. On the west side, we're going to talk about it, but that's going to be fascinating. I love big man basketball. I think that it's interesting to see that the most successful teams have zigged where the rest of the world has zagged. And the teams that couldn't get consistent post-play, be it Phoenix or Philly, are both fishing now. Heat, eight seed, Celtics, two seed. Who do you have in this series? Like, I'm just going to root for the Heat. I, I don't even care. I don't know if they're going to win it. I got but... Heat in seven just because I'm scared of the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with you. I'm just, I'm just, I, and the question someone said, you think they can win in Boston? Do I think Jimmy Butler can win in Boston? Absolutely. I'm sorry. Did, did you see the picture of him in New York and like <laughs> in the hotel? Like, looking over the city like he already won. Right. Like, what people need to realize is some people are not only not intimidated by, like, adverse situations, some people are literally empowered by them. Right. Like, and Jimmy Butler runs on spite, guys. I don't know if you guys realize this. He is a machine powered on spite and doubt. Doesn't even have to be new spite. (laughs) Like, the the older the vintage, the stronger the spite. Like, if, if they had to play Minnesota in a playoff, I'm pretty sure they'd win in three. <laughs> right. <laughs> By a large margin. Oh. And then Jimmy Butler clotheslined the entire arena. It was weird. Um, yeah. Well, all right. So we're on the playing page there. Let's go out west. Still, with the size on the inside, we'll start with the Lakers. Playing team. Um, seven seed. And then Anthony Davis proved why they made that trade. All those years ago. Why I joke, I was kidding kind of about the failures of the Durant and Irving trades. Anyone who says, oh, the Lakers gave up too much. No, they didn't. They got a ring. And they're in the running for a second. Because what you and I had always said about LeBron James's career has finally come true. He gets to be the second best player. And that's horrifying. Because occasionally he'll deep back in like he did in game six and become. 30-point LeBron. But if he can focus on clearing things up for Austin Reeves, who... Look. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm willing. I, I, I'll be the first to admit. Normally, when I see, like, look at this young, scrappy white guy on the basketball NBA court, I have my my, my guard up. Because I know they're getting a bonus for being a white guy on the court. But when Austin Reeves in round one hit that shot and then screamed, I'm him, while on the floor with AD and LeBron, <laughs> and the world could do nothing but shrug, in this moment, he's kind of him. I don't tell you. I mean, exceeded expectations for sure. Easily. LeBron's teams keep doing this. I don't really understand. Caruso's good when he left. He knows how to get that Q rating up, baby. LeBron knows what he's doing. He's a businessman. <laughs> but has it been, it's been interesting to see 38-year-old LeBron, which is an insane number to say, but kind of evolve into the point forward you and I always thought he would be. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's just weird in general because it's like you're older than I am, barely. You're yeah, still doing like, this. You're like six months on us. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're still doing this? <laughs> and talking cash shit while he does it. And he still has like ridiculous, like, you know, when he gets that like downhill burst of mm-hmm. speed into yeah. a ridiculous dunk that like he thought he left behind like five yeah. years ago. It's like, oh, by the way, I'm still a freight train of a human being. Yeah. yeah. I'm still Carmel. I'm still Carmelone's body with with Mike Johnson's brain. Like it's still that. And the best <laughs> part of his game that we saw come to light in that first series against the Grizzlies is the inspiration factor. Because everyone on this team grew up watching LeBron James. Like it's it's like getting the chance to play with Michael if Michael were likable. I mean, it's just like we're gonna ride with you. You know, no, not right with you. They're writing for him. When, for he him. T- when Dylan yeah. Brooks talks shit, that team came to life. What a stupid decision. <laughs> Just he all pokes bears. He's not afraid. I poke bears. You know what bears do when you poke them? They maul <laughs> you. didn't eat folks, man. <laughs> That's like, I grab electric fences. Why? Yeah, that like, seems geez, silly. There's a better analogy. Jeez. <laughs> Well, let's talk now about the team that works in the mountain time zone that no one ever sees because mountain time zone. A team I, I got to see in person. A team I got to see in person once this year. The Denver Nuggets. Oh, and the Denver Nuggets. I need you to explain to me how people are like, Jokic is finally earning the guys. This is Jokic's se- second time having. A, a, a secondary player in the playoffs, and both times they made the conference finals. He I, put I don't know what every person who's come against him into a blender. And what's going to be super interesting is the chess match for me is Mike Malone versus Darvin Ham because the big shift, I think, and you tell me, you know, again, you know basketball way more than I do, has been the ability of the Laker defense to funnel things to AD. I think he's averaging 3.8 blocks a game this postseason. Yeah, and ton of rebounds. Ton of boards. He's been able to establish himself as a post presence defensively. Jokic, because of where Jokic plays in the high post and on the perimeter, how what do you see to open things up for Jamal Murray and MCG and for um, uh, Aaron Gordon, which, for the record, when the overall fifth pick of a draft is your fourth best player, you've got a pretty good fucking team. Do you see that being kind of – how do you see them balancing that? Because no matter what you want to do with him, Jokic's still shooting. I think it's like 60% from three this postseason. I mean, Jokic is going to give anybody problems. He's just supremely versatile. And but his it versatility, affects the Laker team defense like, so much. Yeah, because everyone's going to have to work because he's going to find someone to score. Dog, I mean, the, the passing angles he sees are unfair. It's unfair. They got like Jamal Murray, who to me is always like a could be all star. Like he he should get there at some point if he's healthy. Hard to agree. Um, Hard to agree. Uh, you got Aaron Gordon and he's your third best player. It's like he's your third best player, and you have to deal with that. Um, so do you, is he the third best or is he the fir- fourth best? He, you have Porter's third. Yeah, MPG for third. Uh, Just I mean, if Porter was like consistently doing what he can fair do. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's like, very. He fair. just like sometimes he just comes out, misses like a bunch of threes, and it's just not 
not doing it, but that's very fair. Um, I don't know this one. This one, I, I've got Nuggets in five or Nuggets in six, but I'm probably like, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Jokic at this point. He, Mikey's 28. Yeah, that's a that's, he's gonna peak in three years. Mikey's got two VPs already. Yeah, he's been in the league like eight years. He's five All Star, five All NBA, two MVP. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> How do you stop him? You bring a gun. Next question. Like, I just don't know what to say anymore. It's and the fact that people are like, I guess we're finally seeing the best of Nikola Jokic. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is he has been obliterating people our entire postseason splits this year. Fifty four from the floor. 47 from three, 78 from free throw, 12 boards, 9.7 assists, and 30 points. I'm really excited for Joel Embiid's uh, MVP to be a trivia answer. Yeah, well, I will continue. Again. No, um, no. Part of me wants LeBron to win because LeBron. Oh and all be of nice. wants LeBron to win. Look, the West is going to win the finals because I think. Oh yes, this is this is this is the finals. Like, if there's a game, if you're like, I want to watch one of these series, I don't want to stay up too late every night. Cool, watch the West. You'll see the Jimmy highlights the next day. Watch the yeah. West. Like, if the Heat make it out, they're going to be so beat up and tired for the oh. finals. It's just not it. And if the Celtics' unfocused ass comes against either one of these squads, it's a wrap. We'll see if they learned anything from last year's finals. That's for sure. They they let the Hawks take him to six. <laughs> they learned nothing. Uh, I would. Uh, yeah, Denver six. Yeah, I just I don't see a way around. Like, and again, these are two guys who are LeBron James Apollo, like fans, flat out. I just don't see how they get to it. Does that mean winning in, in L? I almost called it stables. Winning in crypto.com or No, I'm not calling it that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I think All these that's so cryptocurrency stupid. arenas. <laughs> Name TBD soon. Trust me. Um, right. I, yeah, man, I don't. I just think that. And again, this is a. What's wild to me is how this team changed the Lakers team. I'm going to talk about it for a second because the Lakers and the LeBron probably the last time we'll talk about it at length because the Nuggets can obliterate them. But watching this team go from 2-10 and 10 to a Western Conference Finals is a huge success. And for people who are like, the team didn't work early because LeBron put together a bad team and then don't give him credit for the moves that got them here. And like Rob Polinka made moves. I'm like, wait a second. So the way we've, now, the way we've figured this out is to blame him when it goes wrong but praise off-brand Rob Lowe when it goes right? Look, people just like to complain stupidly and but, have no like, patience. You see, like, you see the open it. manipulation of it, right? Like Rob Polinka, whose only job prior to this in basketball was Kobe Bryant's fucking agent. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. I'm excited. I think you're excited. I know we're both excited to be watching music on the beach very, very soon. Mike, thank you for coming and hanging out. I'm going to go find some dinner um, and uh, get this thing edited and put out for Tuesday morning so you guys can listen to it ahead of Denver, LA. They're kicking off Tuesday night. I believe the games are now all on ESPN. People got all the conference finals, which is sad. I miss the guy. I miss the boys at TNT. 8.30 p.m. Eastern, ESPN tip. Um, we'll, we'll get Doris. I like Doris. Yeah, me too. And I can play probably like some 2K during the halftime because I do not like the halftime <laughs> show. It's just it's just Stephen A. Smith yelling about something. Yes. And then Jalen yelling back. Yeah. And Jalen, yeah. uh, you see Mark Jackson left Jokic off his MVP ballot. He said it was a mistake. Max and they want him to coach a team. Sure, if why Mark not? Jackson, if Mark Jackson gets picked to coach the Bucks, I guarantee they don't finish in the top three of these. Whatever. He's At least I won't have to listen to him commentate anymore. You know what? That and that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make to keep him out of the league. I'll keep whatever. Keep him on the commentary. It's fine. 
I survived. I survived C Web and, and, and Reggie Miller. I'll survive this. Harsh, but fair. I, I'm not really. Yeah, I say fair. As long as it's fair, that's all I meant. Um, but yeah, Mike, thank you for coming on. I'll, we'll get back to you later in the playoffs before it all wraps up. And yes, the um the challenge podcast will be longer. I'm not a coward. I just that's question. Have you been answer. watching the challenge world championship? That's what the podcast is going to be about. Oh, oh, okay. So you can explain to me some people's strategies who I just have not understood the entire. Her name is Sarah, and I hate her. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're on the same. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with the Wednesday something. Let's Susan and I talk about my irrational hatred for this woman who I've never met. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys later this week. I hate you so much. <laughs>